Hi, everybody. This is the Funeral Science Podcast, a podcast about funeral science. I'm Ben, and I will be your funeral scientist for today. Okay, funeral scientists, on this episode, we are going to talk about the miracle in Missouri. In April 2023, the body of Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster was exhumed in order to move her to a new shrine being built in the Abbey of Our Lady of Ephesus in Gower, Missouri. Much to the surprise of the sisters, they found that Sister Wilhelmina, the foundress of the Benedictines of Mary, in surprisingly good condition after four years, despite the fact she was in a cracked wooden coffin that had signs of mold and mildew. This, of course, is particularly interesting to Catholics, as the incorruptibility of human remains is part of the tradition of people who have been beatified or canonized. The lack of decay or decomposition is seen as a sign that the person had lived so closely with Christ that even their decomposition would be held at bay. Of course, as funeral scientists, it is our duty to look at what could be causing this before we ascribe it to a higher power. So what exactly do we know about the conditions of Sister Wilhelmina? First of all, we weren't exactly clear on her cause of death, just that she was 95 when she passed away. So I think it's fair to assume that the typical factors contributing to death due to old age, such as the slow cessation of body systems, is reasonable. Second, she was buried in a simple wood coffin in Gower, Missouri in the United States, a region known for being temperate and humid. This is of interest to us because water is the main source for decomposition as it causes proteolysis or the breakdown of proteins, as discussed in the Funeral Science Podcast episode on water, and fosters an environment for bacterial activity and mold growth. Third, her coffin was cracked. Fourth, she was covered with mold, so much so that they spent two weeks cleaning her before presenting her to the public. This is a sign that moisture was likely present in her burial place. Fifth, The funeral director who oversaw her burial and reported her death certificate has verified that she was not embalmed. So how is it possible that her body is incorrupt? Before we look at that, let's look at what the word means first. The traditional definition of this word means to have not undergone decay or decomposition. This is a very broad definition. Decomposition and decay often brings to mind someone who is bloated and discolored. However, this does not have to be the case. Decomposition begins at the moment of death and everyone's decomposition is going to vary based on their agonal, which is the stage prior to the death, factors such as illness, blood circulation, functioning of their immune system, and moisture content. It is possible to decompose very slowly. But what of the Catholic definition? Turns out, there is no cut and dry definition of incorrupt other than the preservation of the body cannot be done intentionally 
such as through embalming or accidental preservation through natural causes such as mummification. It also does not require the body to remain in the condition in which it was found. So what could contribute to Sister Wilhelmina being so well preserved? I have some ideas about that, but of course I might be missing something as I haven't been able to examine her myself. First, let's consider her death. While we don't know her exact cause of death, there is a photo of her online that shows that she was wheelchair bound and on oxygen. We also know she was 95 years old. As I mentioned earlier, the cessation of body functions might lead to the weakening and weight loss. The sisters taking part in her disinterment estimated the weight of her coffin to be 80 to 90 pounds. While personal estimates of weight aren't necessarily accurate, what we can learn from that is that she felt light. This means that she was already very small when she died, or she lost a lot of water over the last four years. If she was small and dehydrated when she died, as hospice patients often are, some natural mummification would have taken place. And if she did lose body water after death to the point of preservation, this is what is considered to be natural mummification. Second, what of her burial condition? These are difficult to determine and would vary over time as regions in the Midwestern United States often do. I will link to Gower's annual weather in the show notes, but I think that most wouldn't be surprised to find that there is regular rainfall and a yearly high temperature above 78 degrees Celsius and a low temperature below 47 degrees Celsius. Third, what about her coffin? Here we might find some answers. Wood is known to absorb water and softwoods such as pine and cedar are more susceptible to absorbing moisture than hardwoods. While the details of Sister Wilhelmina's coffin were not released, it is described as a simple wooden coffin handmade by a priest. Is it possible that the wood in the coffin itself drew some of the moisture out of her body? Fourth, her body has been described as covered in mold, and in fact her body was exhumed two weeks earlier than originally reported by the Catholic News Agency, as that time was used to remove mold from her body. According to a study posted in Nature, quote, fungi can colonize decomposed bodies, forming distinctive mildew spots, ultimately converting bodies into moldy cadavers at the dry stage of decomposition. Heavily decomposed cadavers, in particular those that are highly mummified, often present visible fungal growth, meaning the mold itself may be contributing to the preservation of Sister Wilhelmina. Fifth, we do not have a clear picture of what her remains look like. The view to the public only includes her face and hands. In my professional opinion, her hands in particular appear to be quite dehydrated and the areas around her mouth show signs of dehydration as well. We also aren't privy to what the areas of her body that had the mold removed from it are and if any steps were taken to make her more presentable.
Unfortunately, the Catholic Church no longer requires incorruptibility as a requirement for canonization. While I am no expert on canonization or beatification, Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster would fit this layperson's definition of a saint. Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster was a woman who faced racism and isolation due to her Catholic faith from a very young age, but she still stuck with it. Her parents founded St. Joseph's Catholic High School for Negroes before her diocese desegregated. She graduated the valedictorian of her class and went on to help found the Oblate Sisters of Providence, which is one of only two religious orders for black or Hispanic women, where she stayed for 50 years until she founded the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, in order to return to a more traditional religious lifestyle after Vatican II. She was devoted to her beliefs and was indeed being disinterred for enshrinement. To this point, no process to begin canonization or beatification of Sister Wilhelmina has begun. And now for this episode, listener's question. Can you preserve your grandmother's body in resin? Recently, a picture has been circulating the internet that shows a woman encased in resin and used as a coffee table. Upon closer examination, this is an AI-generated image. If you examine the hands, you can clearly see six fingers on her right hand and a claw-like left hand. Hands are a known problem for AI art to create. I can only hope that when we have AI humans walking around, they will also have terrible looking hands so we can identify them. This image was created from another image that shows a golden retriever inside the resin block. This image is also fake. The creator of the image is a visual artist named Kelly Port, who tweeted it out. My observation is that the dog image is considered real while people are generally identifying the image of the woman as fake. I will link to the Snopes article on the subject in the show notes. Maybe more importantly, could it be done? First of all, the woman in the picture appears to be bisected on a transverse plane, or more clearly said, cut in half. Generally speaking, embalmers are not trained or qualified to make this kind of dissection. Second, there are issues with organic matter in resin. Let's just assume for a moment you were able to find the qualified people to do this for you. First of all, the people would have to be extremely well embalmed. One of the issues you would have is the decomposition of the body proteins of the person inside the resin. As we discussed earlier, and in the Funeral Science Podcast episode on water, water is responsible for the breakdown of protein, sugar, and lipids, so all of it would have to be removed or preserved. Second, it would have to be very well disinfected. Bacterial decomposition is an anaerobic process. This means that the person in the resin could still show all the signs of decomposition from bacteria. Now. Try playing Parcheesi on that coffee table. And now for something good that's happening. 
As I have before, I am going to promote the Indiana Funeral Education Foundation. Each year they give away $22,000 in scholarships for mortuary students and professional development. Also, personally, a major promoter of the scholarship was my friend Ron King, who died by suicide in 2022. He is one of the first people to give me an idea for something good to promote, and we will forever miss him. Okay, that's it for this episode. Do you have a question for me? You can email me at funeralsciencepodcast at gmail.com with the subject line, podcast question. Are you or someone you know doing something that promotes education, equality, or otherwise raises awareness about an issue in funeral service? Please send me information about it to funeralsciencepodcast at gmail.com with the subject line, a good thing is happening. As a note here, that has an exclamation mark in it, so be sure to include that in your subject line, and I will be sure to read it. You can also follow me on social media. I'm MortTracker on Instagram. That's M-O-R-T-R-A-Q-R. You can also like the Funeral Science Podcast Facebook page. I've also heard on other podcasts that if you rate and review podcasts you like, it helps them. So if you like this podcast, then please do that wherever you are listening from. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you later.